Hi, this is John Cackley with Centric Biz and Tech Talks. Today I'm talking with Tracy Wetzel about Salesforce. How can organizations be successful with it? How can you build your career around it? And where's it going in the next three to five years? So Tracy, tell us about yourself. Yeah, so my name is Tracy Wetzel. I am the National Salesforce Practice Lead here at Centric. I have been working in the Salesforce industry for about 18 years now, Um, so usually too long for me to um, acknowledge (laughs) or want to acknowledge. Uh, I've served in a lot of different capacities, though, throughout my Salesforce career. I was one of those accidental admins that you hear about, so an organization had the need to manage Salesforce, and I kind of fell into that role. I've also fallen into more of a consultant role as well. I had a client that had asked me to take a look at this new CRM solution that just came to market, and it was on the Internet. And that's specifically how we referenced it back then. It was on the uh-huh. Internet. And, and I was a new business development consultant. They asked me to take uh-huh. a look at it because they knew I understood sales and marketing, and they knew I understood uh-huh. CRM. Okay. So basically, long story short, is I stood up that instance of Salesforce for them, and that really became like this catalyst for a career for me. Um, and since then, you know, have have worked for a couple of different partners where I started the partnership with Salesforce or were a large part of that partnership, and have also worked for a global manufacturer of construction equipment, working in more of a director level type of capacity, serving more as a strategist for that organization and their their initiatives around Salesforce. And nowadays, I almost think of t- Salesforce as almost having invented CRM. They, they didn't quite. There was some CRM out there before there, right? Yes, yes. So, you know, going back to those days, you probably heard of ACT or Goldmine, Siebel, you know, Siebel. Microsoft. That was yeah, Siebel. Yes. Microsoft yeah. Dynamics was just mm-hmm. starting as well right around that same time frame where I know where Salesforce really made their, their stake in the sand was a no software solution. Right. So that cloud-based CRM mm-hmm. solution was, you know, Salesforce was really the pioneers of that. Got it. Got it. So you, you've started in on this, you've gotten your original, your original assignment. And what about it sort of piqued your interest? And you said, I want to, I want to do this. I want to be an expert. Mm-hmm. In it. Yeah. So I've always been, I would say sales minded, you know, new business development minded. So obviously the Correlation between new business development and CRM is is very strong, and you know, really, any new business development effort is is only successful, in my opinion, if you have a, a CRM present. But really, where I think it intrigued me the most is I've always had a tendency to love all things technical. You know, even as a young child, you know, I had a, an old computer and my dad brought me old software accounting, uh, accounting software and I installed <laughs> it and, you know, had my own little company going. So I just always appreciated um, technical aspects. So I think with my skill set on the marketing side and new business development side, you know, CRM was really like the next logical step for me um, to really create a more well-rounded career around those two those two competencies. Okay. So we want to talk a little more about the the challenges people run into starting with Salesforce, but let's just say let's let's step back a little 
from that question say you, you've got a client and, and somehow they're in the dark ages. They have never touched CRM yet. Yeah. And they're thinking, gosh, we should probably do this now. Where would you tell them to start? What, where's the starting point to say, let's make CRM part of our organization? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so probably one of the biggest mistakes organizations make is they just jump in. They jump into the evaluation or they jump in and make a decision because somebody else has used, you know, XYZ solution in a previous life or company. Mm-hmm. And really, the best place to start is defining the vision and identifying the stakeholders that are going to support that vision of, of the CRM solution. And, and really what makes it, it more difficult today are these platforms like Salesforce that do much more than just traditional CRM. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. There's you know, tons of applications on the app exchange. They're nimble enough where they're really a platform as a service as opposed to a software as a service. Right. So taking those processes that you have, obviously, within marketing, sales, customer service, but even parlaying that into sales operations and how do you interact with accounting after the, mm-hmm. the sale has been placed, you know, really mapping out how do you want your organization to, to communicate utilizing a platform like Salesforce is the first critical step. And having those stakeholders involved, having that upper echelon of leadership within the organization that is stating, this is important, this is why it's important, and this is how we're going to govern or manage or streamline utilizing that solution is critical. Without that, you're typically spinning plates and trying to appease a lot of different people, and there's no real organized um, path to to get the Salesforce instance set up. Right. I'm very much into the you know, being deliberate. Why are you doing something? You know, how are you going to go in and, and do it? Not not sort of playing things off the cuff. But I imagine you run into a lot of cases where people say, hey, it's software as a service. The you know the provider, in this case Salesforce, pitches this as, you know, we can have you up and running in days, but that's not really the right way to go. I mean it's attractive because it sounds like low investment to get started, you know, you can make a lot of mistakes that way. Does that sound right? Yeah, that, that does sound right. And, you know, you don't want to shortchange, but there are probably situations like that, right? So Salesforce offers a variety of license levels, and they do have what Salesforce calls the essentials mm-hmm. um, license level, which really is more of a turnkey. It's It's meant to compete with solutions like HubSpot um, that have some CRM functionality. And you're really at that point importing maybe your contact list, your account list, and you're you're managing like opportunities. So those traditional, really basic CRM components, Mm -hmm. if that's all your organization needs, and some organizations need that, certainly, it it can be more turnkey, but it's, I would say it's very rare. And you have to understand that you may think your sales process is traditional, but there's always nuances mm-hmm. to that. And those nuances can be a strong delineation of, yeah, I can quickly um, stand up this CRM implementation, or I need to take a step back and strategize with a partner or strategize with Salesforce and figure out 
what's the best solution today and what's going to be that that solution you know further down the road right you know salesforce is presented i think as something that you know is not intended to be complicated or difficult or but are there cases where clients go well this is this is too much change this is too much what are some of the reasons that clients might give of shying away from it typically when when it's a new client coming on board to Salesforce, they're coming from an environment of either no CRM solution or really no solutions at all to manage sales, sales operations, marketing, or they're coming from like a custom development environment. So they've relied heavily on IT resources to make any changes. Where Salesforce has a... Uh, differentiator is it really enables business users who are also technical Mm -hmm. to make decisions quickly. And that sometimes can upset the apple cart, so to speak, in a traditional IT environment because the business side is coming in and saying, well, we know this is easy to do. We have a, a Salesforce administrator that's more business minded. You know, we need to make these changes and Salesforce is extremely nimble and you can do that in a much faster fashion than you you were back in the you know dot net development days there is this relationship between it and business that that shifts a bit culturally and that that can be that can be difficult for some organizations my experience was that some companies that were very that that built a really strong sales culture They gave so much latitude sort of to their their rainmakers, their salesmen yeah. out there, that anything that was a uh, an administ- looked like an administrative requirement on those guys that they just steered steered away from. Do you, do you see that often where people say, well, you know, hey, Frank is our greatest salesman ever. We are not making him put data into Salesforce. Do you get that a lot? I do, I do. And what I find humorous is typically. In those organizations, they still make Frank sit on a two-hour call every week, or they still <laughs> right. have Frank filling out an Excel spreadsheet with his top opportunities, or even writing them out and sending them in. I've seen I've seen a lot in my career. Yeah. So, I, what you have to look at, and what sales leadership has to look at, are all those soft I call them soft costs, right? Uh-huh. So it's all the right. time that is spent doing all the manual processes that exist in the sales or service processes within the organization and eliminating those by offering a few clicks of a mouse or a mobile application so that they can do it while they're on the road and eliminating all of that admin burden or most of the admin burden from the sales professional. As as a partner of Salesforce, as we go through implementations, that's sometimes a big challenge for us is to make sure from a user experience standpoint that they are able to do what they need to do in the shortest amount of time. And luckily, because we utilize Salesforce, there's many different ways to do quick actions, lightning components, just a lot of quick customizations that we can do that make that process very easy. You're exactly right. There is a change management component to it, certainly. Change management, not only from a training perspective, but true change management, where there is this culture change that organizations need to address. Right. So have you ever come across times where a client is considering Salesforce or other CRMs, and 
really that's not the solution that they need there they you know identify go that's that's not the thing for this organization or does everyone really need crm <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's that's a really good question so to answer it i guess this way there's been situations where an organization is um, they have a strategic initiative to utilize Microsoft across their entire organization. Got it. Uh, right. Or they have maybe HubSpot, right, for mm -hmm. their CMS. And they they utilize it heavily for marketing automation and they're not not a large organization. So they don't have some of the platform needs that Salesforce would provide. You know, it might make more sense in their in that situation to go with HubSpot CRM. So Got it. It's, I would say it's rare. Um, you know, most, most environments that we are in, we meaning Salesforce, you know, they're primarily Microsoft or um, Google environment. So that's, that's really, that's really not uncommon. I mean, there's 150,000 plus unique customers in the Salesforce ecosystem, and they have 20% market share. So you run into a lot of unique situations and environments that are blended. Um, luckily, you know, Salesforce has some great API capabilities and some in truly incredible integration platforms that they offer to, to help assist with that. There are so many great features in Salesforce. Mm -hmm. uh, probably just like I remember reading something years ago that Microsoft estimated that 90% of the functionality of Excel, for example, isn't used by the average mm -hmm. uh, user because so there, there's just so much stuff in there. Similarly, there, I'm sure there's a lot of stuff in Salesforce that an average company won't use. But once people get used to using it, they, they may try to find more and more uses for it. What's the worst case of misusing Salesforce, <laughs> you know, using it for something it was not intended that you've run across? That's a great question. It's a difficult question, too, because organizations have built complete ERP solutions utilizing Salesforce's platform. Like if we look at mm -hmm. Financial Force, if we look at Renova, um, there's, there's applications where partners like us have taken Salesforce and built a, an ERP solution that they then go out and sell. And so it's difficult to say, you know, Salesforce really shouldn't be utilized like that. The, probably the only example I would I would give and a great cautionary tale for anyone that is looking to evaluate Salesforce or have Salesforce today is Salesforce is not intended to be utilized for data storage. And that's that's true for any SaaS mm -hmm. application. Okay. So if there's an intent to store CAD drawings or, or large <laughs> images right. or your entire order history for the last 20 years, that's not what a SaaS solution is built for. So there's right. strategies around data management that would need to be taken into consideration once you reach those thresholds. Data can be very expensive um, within the cloud, and that is typically the, the first thing we look at when we're doing assessments. And assessing just the organizational health is looking at that data storage, data storage limits, and analyzing, does it make sense to have this stored in Salesforce, or should this be stored in another database? And we build an integration to call that data when appropriate. So that's probably the biggest misuse that I 
that I see. Okay. Great. So let's let's take a scenario here. Our client is looking at implementing Salesforce. It's not too different from an operational model, so they think they can handle that. If you were talking to a client like that, where would you say, you know, the the best value comes in? And, and for instance, uh, you know, you coming in to help as a as from a consulting point of view versus things that a company can handle on its own. Where's the value that you know you would bring in from outside that you would mm-hmm. recommend coming from outside? The the biggest questions we get are show me the best practices, show me how other organizations have done this, what does Salesforce suggest from an implementation standpoint, how do we handle this? You know, some organizations will purchase Salesforce and then they'll hire a Salesforce team. Mm-hmm. But that Salesforce team is extremely focused on the solution and the build of the solution. And they're not really translating what the business actually needs into the solution. So I always view us almost as those translators. So listening to the business, we understand what the business is trying to accomplish and then translating those into technical requirements and build specifications for for the Salesforce platform. I would say in addition to that, there are aspects of training, bandwidth, change management, integration that partners can offer or Centric can offer Mm -hmm. that help facilitate a lot of gaps that an organization may have um, when implementing a new solution like Salesforce. Okay. Great. So let's shift a little. We talked when we were talking offline. You mentioned that you often get questions of people going, "I'd like to <laughs> really dig into Salesforce as part of, as you know, dive into that as a career." So let's, mm-hmm. let's talk about that area a little bit more. First of all, is there anything special about Salesforce of a ter- type of personality, a type of skill set that you think is you know is really well suited for working in this mm-hmm. space? Yeah, so it depends on the role. And there are several roles that you can have within the Salesforce ecosystem. Obviously, you know, we are a partner. I am a consultant. You you don't just jump into being a consultant day one. You have to have that experience on the business side and understand business processes in order to be a strong consultant. You've also probably have served in some form of form or capacity as a Salesforce administrator or a Salesforce developer. So you have that experience on the back end as well. Um, From a consultant standpoint, I would say someone who loves to learn, who is curious, always curious, who values relationships and has a sense of urgency to help others, I think are probably the, the biggest pillars from a consultancy standpoint. You know, developers, you know, typically, I'm looking for developers that they love to be in tool all day. They, it doesn't really matter if they like to communicate with others mm-hmm. or not, right. right? So they're not really the interface. So if mm-hmm. they love to code and they love problems and problem solving, that is those are typically great skill sets. Also, if you're looking to get into development for Salesforce, if you have other competencies around coding and perhaps Java, that translates well into Salesforce because it's similar to Salesforce's language, which which is Apex. 
administrators, it depends on the organization um, and the instance, but typically administrators are great translators, as I mentioned. So mm-hmm. they're really the person within an organization that's hearing the business's problems and then and bringing that back and, and digesting and putting it forth through the CRM platform. So, you know, as you take a look at your career and your skill set, you know, you, you know who you are, right? So mm-hmm. take a look at what is available on the Trailblazer community because they, they literally map out the type of people mm-hmm. within the roles that are available um, in the Salesforce industry. Great. The detail you went through there, I really appreciate because, well, we, we started at the question with, hey, I'd like to be a Salesforce professional, but everything you described is just as useful for information for, say, a director is trying to build a Salesforce team or Salesforce capability inside their organization, thinking of all the same sort of questions, the same type of roles. So that's yeah. that's awesome. It brings up a good point around what we talked about previously, that plug and play you know, type of mentality. You will probably need a Salesforce administrator and you will have to address a team that is managing Salesforce. It's, it's not going to manage itself. So as you're evaluating Salesforce, or you have Salesforce today, look at the bandwidth of your people and and talk to Salesforce or talk to the partner that you're working with on the implementation as to what it's going to take to manage the size of Salesforce organization or instance, as we call it. Okay. And related to that, could you summarize what you know of the sort of certifications or training curriculum that, you know, that that's out there for people developing in different areas in, in uh, Salesforce? Yeah, we're, we're, we're fairly spoiled in the Salesforce world, I'll say. There's so much content out there from a training perspective. Salesforce rolled out Trailhead, which is a free training resource several years ago, and you can essentially choose your path. And it's more of a guided training methodology where you earn badges. And, you know, Mm -hmm. nowadays it can even be uh, part of the hiring process. So when I'm looking at resumes, I'm looking for people that have had that experience in in Trailhead and have earned certain types of badges based on the clouds that they that they typically work on. The the other pieces, there are. Two resources that that we like to utilize. We we utilize FocusOnForce.com, and we also utilize CertifiedOnDemand.com. So those are two independently <laughs> managed um, websites that we use from a training perspective. And we always joke that Salesforce is very Googleable, which is not a word <laughs> but we say it. And uh-huh. <laughs> you, you can search and find a lot of solutions or different ways to look at solutions for problems. Most of the time, you get directed toward Salesforce's community. And it's often undersold or undervalued from the people that are making the decision. But for the people that are administering the platform, that community is invaluable. I can't tell you how many times myself or my team have gone out to the community, posted even Apex code, and had mm-hmm. a response from an, an architect-level individual within 10, mm-hmm. 15 minutes. Wow. So the the mentality of helping and sharing and collaborating is one of the most amazing things about, about Salesforce. Cool. Cool. And then, so you've got, you've got Salesforce 
uh, you described it as almost a platform as a service, even more than software as a service. Mm-hmm. So let's say somebody, you know, maybe architect engineer said, hey, I, I really want to get into this, but there's always something around the edges, right? There's always something that's gotten left out, you know, some sort of secondary tool or the toolbox you always need to connect Salesforce to the rest of the world. What mm-hmm. are some of those other tools that are, you know, they're not Salesforce products, but they always seem to come along you know, in the environment, you know, that people maybe should uh, learn about if they wanted to be more in the architect infra- infrastructure space. Mm-hmm. So we have some standard applications that we we typically recommend. So Salesforce has the App Exchange, which if mm-hmm. you're, you know, if you're on your iPhone or your Android phone, very similar to mm-hmm. the stores that you would download your applications from. I would say that duplicate management, data importing, document generation, and digital signature. Mm-hmm. And I probably would add online forms to that. Our key areas that we would look at as part of the scoping process okay. to determine if an application on the App Exchange is warranted. So we have utilized tools like Conga, which is a document generation solution. And keep in mind that you may have data inside of Salesforce that you need to report or generate a proposal for. Conga can take that data and put it into any uh, format you'd like, whether it's a Word document, a PowerPoint Mm -hmm. document, and seamlessly, when the click of a button, get that information over and and send it through email. They also offer digital signature capability, as does DocuSign for that functionality. Mm-hmm. Uh, Formstack is a great partner of ours where if you have a credit application or a new patient intake form or an employment application or a handbook signature requirement um, from an internal perspective, you can utilize Formstack to connect your web forms into Salesforce data and have that data um, in sync with each other. There are solutions like uh, Cloud Craze and Cloud4j that will deliver Salesforce reporting to non-Salesforce users. So it saves on licensing mm-hmm. costs. If you have users uh, that don't uh-huh. need to um, to receive reporting. They don't really need to, to log in to Salesforce. And we are a big fan of Validity and the tools that they offer for data management, data importing, uh, deduplication of data. If there's a large, if you have a large instance and data is an issue, you know, looking at validity and the tools that they offer, probably in the organization's best interest. Wow, that's uh, that's quite a brain dump, and you're just walking around with all the information in your brain. Okay, I, I really am all day, every day, right? <laughs> awesome. Yeah. So maybe just sort of wrapping this up, what do you see on the horizon of you know how? Salesforce is going to get used three years, five years from now. You know, what what will be different about how companies use it? What, what do you see coming up? Yeah, so I think COVID has made an interesting impact on that as well. So we've been tremendously busy because customers that uh, were used to having more of an in-office environment are now realizing that without solutions like Salesforce, to manage aspects of their business, they are in a mission critical mode and they're trying to get solutions implemented quickly. So I think adoption of these types of platforms will become increasingly popular. I also 
believe that more industry specific tools such as manufacturing cloud, health cloud, financial services cloud are going to become more prevalent. They're going to offer more out of the box functionality to help aid in the speed of deployment and also help aid in integrations that are industry focused, such as Guidewire for mm -hmm. the insurance industry or Duck Creek. Mm -hmm. This has been John Cackley with Centric Biz and Tech Talks. Thanks to our guest, Tracy Wetzel, and thank you for listening.